visit the Downtown Den, join us through our website, all the W's, downtowninbusiness.com. Stay in, stay safe, visit the Downtown Den. This is uh, the latest in our series of conversations with political leaders, and it's uh, a delight to have uh, Joe Anderson, the Liverpool City Mayor, in the Downtown Den this afternoon. Joe obviously has been at the sharp end of trying to sort out some of the government packages that have been put together for business fast as well, uh, ensuring that the care services that Liverpool City Council is responsible for have been as effective and as efficient as they possibly can be during this very difficult and challenging time. So, Joe, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Good to be with you, Frank. Yeah, and let's just start off with those social care challenges that you've been facing because we're well aware of the difficulties that you've had in terms of budgets you know 10 years of cuts difficult for any organization to take and you've had significant difficulties in terms of trying to manage those budgets year on year uh, we had a conversation not too long ago where business organisations like ourselves were going to join forces with the council and actually go to central government and say enough is enough. But I think when something like this happens, it does focus people's minds on the importance of ensuring that those critical services are not undermined in the way that they have been. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, it, it then is a, it is a question of like people... Uh, expect us to you know uh, get on with the things that um, a lot of people just assume the council does as a as a you know but just because of it's what it what it is as an organization but it's much much more difficult and much much more complex than that um i mean you know for instance the social care elements i mean in terms of like for the, our homes there's about 94 homes within the city, uh, private sector homes, but we've been uh, giving them support, not only in terms of PPE, but also uh, individual support in terms of making sure that uh, they had enough staff and enough experience to cope uh, with that. Working in partnership with uh, Mersey Care, for instance, and uh, the clinical commissioning group. So we've been very much at the forefront of, of the partnership approach to all this and just ahead of the the lockdown i called um i chaired a group which is uh, the health and well-being uh, board which consists of all the major players and partners in health as well including the police the ambulance service the nhs the doctors the gps representatives the care homes everybody comes together so we put in some plans if you like to uh, make sure that we were ahead of the curve. And, and even in, for instance, you know, where you might see uh, the, um, the these new facilities, these uh, Nightingale facilities opening in, in one in Greater Manchester, which covers the Northwest, but, you know, Birmingham and places. We've been working with the, the Royal, uh, with Classifridge, uh, with Mersey Care, as I say, our partners with our... Um, everybody within the city within the city to make sure that we've got decant so we can take people out of hospital and put them into places that they're not dependent on so as as we've stopped eclectic operations and, and, and things happening in hospitals 
and we've decanted and moved people out of hospitals and into uh, accommodation and other places and we're actually developing some of them. We've freed up probably somewhere around about uh, 700 to 800 beds within the system, within the whole estate, so that we've got provision. So um, we've been doing a lot of things behind the scenes that people wouldn't see that, that, that we've, uh, you know, we've been doing, but we're also supporting uh, the care homes using the money that some of the money that's coming through from central government. Uh, we got 20 million pound um, uh, two weeks ago, and that directly went into supporting care and care homes and care facilities, including paying for extra staff and giving staff overtime, giving uh, higher rates uh, of pay for staff and stuff to do the things that they do. So there's a plethora of stuff been going on, Frank, behind the scenes, but I think we're in a really good place. Um, you know, uh, where the pandemic is in the city, you know, I expect the infection, the infection rate to start to, um, if you like, level off now and, and maybe drop. So we might see for another week or 10 days, we might see the death rate continuing to, to rise for a little bit before it starts to, to turn. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm proud of what we've done in the city and proud of the support that uh, the city's given to uh, you know institutions including the health service and stuff um, but you know uh, private care homes or GP practices and I have to say you know uh, public health and uh, and the royal uh, and and you know eight street has now merged as a trust um, and and everybody else has been working really good really closely together so I think that's why we're seeing if you like, I think personally, um, the success that we've had in managing this uh, from a health point. So um, I said all credit to everybody in the team that's pulling together and doing it. And in terms of that collaborative approach, Joe, it's something that you've brought to the table in terms of business support as well. You're regularly in touch with, with ourselves and other business associations across the city, talking about how you can, um, firstly, of course, get these grants out of the door that the government have agreed to. Um, no small challenge there because, again, you know, the, the duty was given to yourselves in terms of, right, you, you administered that fund. Uh, I'm not sure whether you were given additional staff and resource to carry that function out. I, I, I can see by your face that uh, I, I guess the answer to that. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we've been obviously looking at other cities and their performance in this area. And although there will be people out there who are still frustrated, not necessarily getting the answers they want, the city is ahead of the game in terms of getting money out of the door. Um, do you want to again, just quickly talk about the processes that have been gone through? Because yeah, you've, you've I mean, again, again, it's one of those things that what we're, what we're seeing from central government is central government making announcements without really thinking them through. So the great are coming up with these initiatives, you know, every day they come into these press conferences saying we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then they passport the responsibility onto local authorities, to cities to actually deliver on that. And, and, and that was a, a, a case, you know, with the civils grants and, you know, with the uh, support to businesses, it was a question of, oh, we're going to do this and then passport that responsibility on. And then even, you know, right up until sort of the, the day we were trying to push on and start to give the grants out, we were getting told, no, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to, 
do this, you've got to do that. They changed the rules right up until, you know, I think midnight on the day we were, we were trying to go live with them. It was like state aid stuff. You've got to check this, you've got to check. So we had all kinds of things to, to, to do. And I think, again, you know, our staff, the Easter weekend, you know, Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they worked right through that. And I think we've, to date we've pushed out £44 million uh, worth of grants. I think everybody who's applied has been sorted. Um, there's a number of, of people haven't applied, but what we've done is done what we were asked to do. And all credit to our staff because, you know, they worked right across the, the, the bank holiday weekend and have been working, you know, 12 hour shifts delivering this. And we had to train people up to do it as well. So, you know, uh, again, we've done what, what, what's been asked. I know it, it caused really major problems for, for, uh, for businesses, especially the small businesses, and that was a, a real worry and concern for us. But I think we're in a, uh, in a good position now. I think we're in a better position than most uh, other cities um, in terms of what we've done, and we'll continue to do that. And as you know, we've had conversations this morning about, you know, how we continue to try to support businesses. Now we try to push government to extend uh, the support even further. So, you know, there's a long way to go yet. But I think, again, in terms of what we were asked to do, we've done. And, and I think, you know, we were well ahead of the game in terms of de delivering on that. You, you've indicated there, Joe, that there are some businesses that will be disappointed have fallen through the stools of business support packages that the government have announced. And again, I know that the city is engaged with government to suggest that they need to start to tweak some of that criteria in order for many of our businesses to fall into that category to get that necessary support moving forward. Yeah, and, and you, you know, look, I, th I think one of the things as well is that when we engage with officials in Whitehall, when we talk to them, you know, they, they are, if, if you like, some, somewhat oblivious and, and, and ignorant of how things work you know they just think that that it's one homogenous group and, and everybody everybody does the same thing and and the world of business is, is diff, diff, different we know that you know that your members know that you know people working in small units that don't have the rateable value some people that working and sharing units with other businesses some people working from home there's a whole different you know uh different scenarios for for business and how they work and how they operate so we've got to try and get that message across to governments. And, you know, we equally, you know, the number of people that have not yet claimed for the civils, for the, for the support, um, you know, we, we've delivered, I think it's pro probably around about 40% of those entitled to, to claim have not yet claimed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we're trying to make contact with them to say, please claim, you can claim, and trying to encourage them, and that's why... You know, again, I said to to yourself this morning, but to the chamber and to others, to actually encourage members, you know, to take up the the offer and and, and try to get people to uh, apply for it. Um, but yeah, we we've got to continue to convince the Whitehall officials and ministers that there's so much much more to do in in terms of to support business. What we've done so far is is it's okay it's not it's not good enough really but but it's okay but it's got to be continued so where we are now is the, the sort of start of the process we've got to support business in the medium and the long term either as well 
otherwise a lot of these businesses will go under and not come back. So it's a, it's a question of how we articulate that to government and how we make them understand the business needs. So, you know, what I said again, you know, sorry to refer this uh, to, to again a conversation that we had this morning, but the reality is, is we've got to get businesses to back us arguing that and to give us the evidence to make sure that we articulate that case to central government. Yeah. And as well as uh, undertaking those conversations to try and ensure the futures of existing businesses, you're already thinking about what comes next and the strategy for getting us out of this crisis. And, you know, let's face it, maintaining the momentum that Liverpool was nicely building prior to this in terms of economic growth and regeneration, all those great things that we were talking about, as I say, only a couple of months ago at the airport. Um, so brought some people in to help us do that. And I know that you're keen, Joe, that, as I say, once we get through this thing, we can hit the ground running as a city and get our business community back up and running as quickly as possible. Yeah, let, let, let's be absolutely clear. And, and, and you know, all of you uh, tuning in, this city will come out of this and this city will come out of it stronger and stronger than most. Uh, and I promise you that will happen. This city will come through this. This city will be as vibrant uh, and as positive as it was uh, six weeks ago as it will be in six months time. I promise you we will come out of this. So we've got to, as I've always believed, lead the way. We've got to set the bar high and we've got to lead by example. In, in what we can and what we should be doing. So, you know, for me, uh, we've engaged uh, Metro Dynamics. Some people might know Mike Emmerich, he did uh, the Manchester e Independent Economic Review uh, and other things, he's well respected in government. And so we're engaging with governments already talking about what the city needs and how the city can actually support and continue that growth. Um, that we were on that growth trajectory that we were on and we want to make sure that we, we pick that up again. But let's be clear, there are many, many things that, are, that, that were planned to happen uh, that will still happen. They will still uh, go ahead. So it's about what we do uh, to support businesses and those uh, who are particularly uh, affected by this. Now, you know, sector by sector, we need to address that and look at what we can do to support now whether that's the tourism hospitality the creative and digital sector the science uh, and science tech sector universities businesses the hotels every everybody in the different sectors we need to look at what we can do to support now there's some money being put aside by the ca we've got to make sure that that is accessed uh, immediately by businesses and there's no bureaucracy or, or shit as I call it that ties it up that it's actually made available to businesses to support businesses to actually get on with things but my point from you know when I spoke at the airport and, and I, I consistently uh, and confidently talk about the best days for us lying ahead that's still the case we'll still have five miles of development on the waterfront ready to go we'll still have the paddington village operation we'll still have the garden festival site we'll still have 10 streets we'll still you know have the edge lane to, to go at we'll still have the housing that we're going to be building and i want to make sure that we use the housing development opportunities that we've got within the city to help support 
you know, building constru construction sector and, and, and actually look at creating jobs. So all of those things are going to happen from our point of view. What I want to make sure is that we've got the tools and the support in place to help businesses. That's crucial. It's no good having, you know, strategic investment funds uh, sloshing around in the combined authority or gain share money sloshing around in the combined authority, which was supposed to be used for supporting new businesses and growth within the se sectors, different sectors, just lying there and letting businesses close because then we're going to have to try and restart them again. So I want to try to re-emphasize the fact that the money should be used to try to sustain business, try to keep businesses operating and going. So, you know, that's the, uh, that, that's the plan, but, but there'll be no, uh, no lack of ambition from us in, in, you know, four weeks, five weeks time. There'll be no uh, lack of uh, opportunity. I'll be, one of the first things I'll, I'll be doing uh, once the lockdown uh, ends is, is meeting with yourselves, meeting with businesses, having a, a, a gathering where we can talk about not just the vision but the plan because it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. We have to start to make people believe that Liverpool is coming out of the blocks. Liverpool knows what it's doing. Liverpool will be leading the way. That's why we've got investment coming in in the past. That's why we've got a lot of interest in Liverpool and what Liverpool's doing. And we've got that now. We've got that now. We've got businesses, we've got investors, we've got developers who are talking to us about getting involved again immediately after the lockdown. So, you know, I'm confident we'll be able to pick things up again. And if we don't, if we don't, if our universities don't start to thrive again, if our businesses don't thrive again, if our events, our hospitality sector don't thrive again, then we all start to, 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 to dip. We've got to lift everybody up and raise all boats with the tide and make sure that, that we deliver. And, you know, I promise you, there's nobody going to be working harder than me to make this city come back to where it was six to eight weeks ago and actually start making it, you know, even more prosperous and even more stronger than what it was. Uh, you, you've mentioned the, the combined authority a couple of times there, Joe, and obviously an awful lot of the money that's being made available from government is being passported through combined authorities. Again, I know how hard you've worked to improve collaboration across the Liverpool City region. Not that long ago, where you know every single local authority worked in their own silo and there was no cooperation at all. And I think we all welcome the fact that that's changed and moved on and progressed. Um, but I've raised concerns with, with you and, and the Chief Executive Tony Reeves and indeed with the combined authority that you know, the city has still got to be seen as the economic driver. And what we can't have is this, what I call race to the bottom almost, of, okay, we've got X millions of pounds to invest. Let's divide that by six and let everybody get on and do their own thing. Because the city has got to be seen, in my opinion, and I know yours, as the driver for us to come out of this as quickly as we can? Well, the fact is, the city is the economic driver. Yeah. That's the reality, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's not called the Liverpool City region for anything other to emphasise that point. And, you know, when I remind people, as I often do, that, you know, 70 
plus percent of the people that work in the city of Liverpool actually come into the city from the region. Mm. So it's vital that the city is at the heart of uh, the growth because the way uh, St. Helens and the way the Will and the way Sefton and Knowsley in particular benefited from having a strong city. So, you know, we have to make sure that you're right, we don't dilute uh, the uh, opportunity that we have for growth within, within the city that will uh, drag everybody upwards rather than downwards. And that's the, you know, that's the view that not only do I have, and it's not me saying that as the uh, city mayor, it's me saying that as uh, an Al Grandad who knows what I'm talking about and has been around for a long time, it is to know and understand that you have to have a hub to drive the spokes and, 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 and the wheel, and that's what the city is. And so, you know, you're right to say that progress is being made. Listen, I led the, the, you know, the, where we are in terms of bringing people. We never had a combined authority until I became leader of the uh, city of Liverpool and I then dragged us to, to have a combined authority and then negotiated the, the, the deal with, with central government. So I'm fully aware of how uh, the devolution agenda and the combined authorities can work. It can work really well, but it's got to know and understand what its role is and what it should be doing and how it should be doing it. Um, and I think um, to try to create uh, a situation where, uh, you know, we forget about the, the hub, we forget about the economic centre, the city, um, it, it will be out to, to the detriment of every uh, local authority within the city region. So we've got to make sure that we argue that case and make uh, that that particular case because it's important and and that that applies not just to the Liverpool city region by the way that applies to you know all of the city regions across the country it's the cities that are the driving force that's why we've got a region around it yeah I, well I, you know we're absolutely on the same page as far as that's concerned and and, and just talking about some of those exciting initiatives that we were so looking forward to. Um, again, I think if you look back at what's been prioritised over the last few years, uh, you've put an awful lot of time and investment into the knowledge quarter around science, health and innovation. Now, talk about foresight. Um, you know, we are at the centre of the universe in terms of trying to find um, plans to get us out of the crisis and to find uh, a cure, a vaccine for coronavirus uh, and of course the knowledge quarter already has been a hugely successful initiative uh, and i'm guessing that there's even more focus and emphasis on that part of the city now yeah absolutely and uh, you know in many uh, in many ways we we actually lead uh, the way you know um, the school of tropical medicine being here the work that the universities do uh, you, you know, our pharmaceutical companies here, you know, Securus and, and others up in speak, uh, massive uh, companies ready uh, to fly out the blocks and delivering uh, vaccines, but equally we've got people uh, who are working hard, um, not just within the city, but with other cities as well, trying to develop 
things. And it was good to see what Oxford uh, are doing this morning in terms of trial of um, vaccines. So, yeah, I think we're in a really good position to take advantage of uh, that, Frank, to be, and to be honest with you, you know, we are uh, already uh, having conversations and talking to people about how we can uh, take advantage of that. So, yeah, it, it's, it, there are many, many, uh, as in all cases where you have uh, adversity, usually coming out of that are opportunities and we've got to make sure that we seize them. And that's one of them, but there are others too. And talking about others, um, football very uh, close to your heart, of course, and uh, particularly the, the team in blue. And again, some exciting developments, both in terms of the legacy project at Goodison Park and then Bramley Moor. Uh, now, planning applications have gone in. Uh, again, we've had a number of conversations and events talking about how great that new stadium proposal was was looking and the benefits that that was going to generate to North Liverpool. Uh, has that progress been put on pause or are we still having conversations and taking that particular initiative forward? I think it slowed, slowed it slightly, but uh, you know, there's still people working behind the scenes and there's still people uh, doing all of the, the things that need to be uh, done. Um, so, you know, I, I don't envisage any huge delays in, in, in you're right that the planning uh, application has been submitted. Um, that's gone through our, our, our processes now. I have to say yesterday I heard that one of the warehouses that down by Bramley Moor, facing Bramley Moor, that was due to be considered to be a hotel has, has been listed um, with a, a grade two listed tag. Um, you know, right. so... I, I, it's no wonder I've got nowhere, but um, <laughs> you know the, the the fact is is that you know there's probably about ten similar type warehouses, so the that will have a huge impact on on what we're trying to do with the with the ten streets. You know, of warehouses that we're trying to look at either demolishing or or, or you know or developing a listed. It's it's a it's a nightmare for us, but. But in terms of, you, you know, the uh, feedback that I'm getting and receiving, um, is that everything is, is progressing? I mean, clearly it's a worrying time, isn't it, for football clubs in terms of, you know, the finance and stuff and, and, and whatever. And I have regular dialogue with, um, with Farhad Mashiri. He's uh, anchored off the south of France somewhere in his yacht when he brings me, but... Um, but, but you know, um, things that are, are not being slowed down too much. But it is a concern for them, obviously, you know, with the lack of income coming in, the potential of losing television right money because there's no games being, uh, being put on, sponsorship, uh, all, all of those things, the way the players' wages still being paid mm. at the rate. So they're, they're, they're concerned with, with all of that. But I doubt very, very much whether this is going to have any uh, influence or any impact uh, on, on the stadium progress. Uh, I said as much a couple of weeks ago at the start of this, and I still remain uh, you know, quite optimistic. Again, I spoke to Denise Baxendale a couple of days ago, and, and, and things are, you know, think things are progressing. Similarly, you know, Liverpool were talking to us about doing not just the extension um, of the ground, but also about doing 
a, a hotel train and stuff, whatever. That's just it's paused for now because of, of, of where we are, and that's understandable, isn't it? You know, for for, for people yeah. to take to take stock a little bit. But um, as I said, with the stadium, I, I can't see uh, it slowing things down that much at all. And just one other uh, significant strategic hub for, for the city, and again, a business that was going gangbusters, really, and you have got to feel for them. Uh, Liverpool John Lennon Airport, uh, the city has obviously got a stake in that business as well. Um, so what are you hearing from those in the avi aviation industry, Joe, and Liverpool in particular? Well, look, at the end of the day, you're right that, that, that for us, you know, um, the good thing for us, for Liverpool, um, I'm talking about from the council's point of view, is that the investment that we made uh, in it, we've had back. So, you know, we made money and we've still retained a shareholding uh, in it. So from our point of view, you know, we can't lose. However... You know, it is a concern and it is a worry uh, for for the airports and and you know for uh, the aviation industry in 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 general, really, because you know whether um, we like it or whether we don't, you know, Liverpool needs its airport, and that's the reason why we invested in it in the first place to make sure that we secured it. So you know, obviously, it, it it's a worry. Um, but you know, I think the airport will will come through it. You know, uh, as as things start to pick up, when it when that happens, I, I don't know. I've seen a piece today about Manchester. You know, Manchester and the airport, the ten authorities around the airport all get somewhere around about ten, twelve million a year profit from from their airport. So they they're saying that they're not going to make any profit this year, but they're going to look to claim. Some of that back from central government. Well, good luck to them because if they do, we'll be following them to make sure that we 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 put in a claim as well. So it's going to be interesting. But you know, look, our, our airport and our city uh, are important to us. As is the events that we do, the cultural sector, the hospitality sector, our hotels, our restaurants, our bars, all of those things. So we'll be making sure that we get behind our airport. We'll be making sure that we get behind that sector because it's through that sector that's bringing in that investment that we need in the city. So I'm not, you know, sort of uh, overly concerned, but it, it, is, it is a worry and, and I'd be, uh, you know, wrong to, to uh, over-egg it and, 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 and also to, to play it down. It's a concern because uh, you know it, it, it's how people change their you know their, their mentality isn't it and it's about that how things operate in other countries and whether you know the lockdown in other countries is lifted so people can start flying and going on holidays uh, that sort of thing so it, 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 it's, it's a worry but it, it's something that we'll have to watch very closely Frank. But as I said, you know, we're not dependent on, on, on just the airport or on Bramley Moor. As I say, King's Dock is going, you know, we've got uh, eight, we've whittled down to eight massive uh, bids to do work on King's Dock. We've got stuff um, around the marina be, being put forward uh, for, for development. Um, and, and other things happening elsewhere. We, we, we're cracking on with the Garden Festival site. We've got 
a 30 million pound grant that we've invested in that you know don't forget we bought it for five million uh, and now we're going to be building retail uh, on there as well as housing that's going to bring more income into the city so loads of things are happening Paddington and, and and you know real interest as I said with we're so confident in, in predicting what we're going to be doing that we've talked to investors and we've got you know you heard it mentioned this morning that you know we're we're on the verge of signing a non-disclosure with somebody for, for, for billions of pounds worth of support and investments. We're talking to the government about the city deal. We're talking about, you know, putting forward proposals about how we stimulate growth within the city. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that, as I said, we're in a good place. And, and as I said at the very beginning, uh, when I started, we will come through this. And, and, and I've got absolutely... Uh, no qualms about stating that and stating it loud and clear. We will get through this and come out of it strong. Now, we've all, I suppose, $64,000 question is, when do we think this lockdown will end? Um, I'm sure, like me, you're watching other European countries and how they're starting to emerge from the crisis. Um, are you getting any indications from governments of their thinking or, like us, are you just looking at those press conferences at five o'clock and trying to glean some information from them? Yeah, but um, I often then switch over to what's the chase. You usually get more entertainment, more information out of that. Look, I think, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that um, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the governments have been wrong on most everything haven't we you know um let's be clear uh, you know we were behind uh, when everybody else was doing lockdown we were behind with with with, with ppe and, and and not organizing that and and i have very little confidence i have to say in you know a, a lot of people whether it's the scientists whether it's public health england whether it's the government um and and you know the fact of the matter is, is that whatever they say is a guesstimate, really. It's not accurate. Nobody's ever faced it before. Nobody's ever seen how this disease, you know, this virus operates. What worries me is that, you know, the talk about now, you know, I think in Liverpool, we're probably, um, I think at the peak of infections, and it remains over the next couple of weeks what happens and whether there's, you know, the death rate starts to go down. What worries me is about what happens after it, you know, and whether we just actually uh, try to go back to uh, a sense of normality and, and then it starts to rise again. And that's a real concern, it's a real worry. Um, so, you know, my, my, Best guess is that, and it's tinged with a lot of uh, a lot of hope, um, is that by sort of uh, September we can you know start to get to a position where uh, people can, in some senses, return back to work. For instance, like in the council, we, you know, I don't think until we get a vaccine that we can safely say, you sit next to each other, you know, in, in the way that we did. There'll have to be some social distancing. Um, and I think that's going to take us a couple of months to get to that stage. But, you know, the Oxford um, vaccine uh, announced today, they reckon that the trials for that should be finished by September. If it goes into production, you know, March next year, 
um, before you can start then rolling out a vaccine. I do think it's going to be some time before we get to the stage we were six, eight weeks ago. Um, I do think that. Um, but, you know, I'm just like you in this, Frank, but like them as well, just guess, really, I think. And, um, uh, you, you know, all, all I can say is that there's going to be, as, as things get um, a little bit sort of uh, easier, if you like, in terms of the death rate fall, and there's going to be a clamour for things to go back to normal. And I think we've got to resist that. Mm. And we've got to make sure that everybody stays some, some discipline within that, you know, some uh, social distancing and some behaviour norms, you know, and whether that's, you know, I think the, the, the idea that we uh, wear masks is, is, is a reasonable, uh, you know, idea and a sensible idea. The only arguments I would have against doing it now is that if it takes away, uh, you know, the equipment from frontline yes. staff, then we shouldn't do it. But that's not to stop people wearing ones that they've made or, or, or in the future, if we get enough PPE coming in, that, that we can spread that out. Um, but it's not going to be the same again for a while. Um, but it's hard, Frank, it's hard to predict. And I think anybody that claims to know, you know, uh, will be proved wrong. Um, that's why I think it's, it, it, as has been the case with central government over the last, um, you know, few weeks, um, it's, it's a hard one. And just in terms of how the council is viewing the crisis at the moment, and again, I know that you've looked at um, getting some jobs done that would cause inconvenience to business under normal circumstances. So roadworks, for example. Um, is the strand being done at the moment? I, I've been locked down, so I haven't been into town. Are those the sort of major works being able to, to get uh, going whilst we've been away? Well, there's works going on on the Strand, but they're not the actual roadworks. They're the, 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 the central reservations and stuff. We're putting on new lighting and, and power and things like that. So it was never planned to be this quick anyway. Um, and even if we wanted to, we couldn't have sped it up any anymore because those things needed to be done first. But what we tried to do is other routes. We're, we're working hard on other routes around the city. I think the thing that, that, that you know, we... we uh, have seen though is the lacks of the you know the lack of cars going in and and, and, and the clean air and mm. and you know you're looking at cities like Milan and you're looking at you know even even in this country you know uh, cities looking at uh, what they can do to remodel the city centres a, a, a little bit and so we're gonna have we're gonna have a look at that we are looking at that at, at this time to see what we can do but we've got to get the balance right. We've got to get the balance right because if we, if, if for instance we say, oh well, you know, look, we can have more bikes going into the city centre and we can have more pedestrians. That's all well and good, but if that impacts on business and stuff, whatever, and and, and, and so you've got to you've got to make sure that we just get it right and, and that we don't do something that has a detrimental impact on on, uh, on the city centre. But equally, we've also got to look at you know the benefits that we have from less traffic. Uh, within the city centre, and whether that encourages more people to go into the city centre, because we've got to we've got to maintain that you know the, the, the city centre in terms of the, you know business and and, and and business trade and and, and the restaurants and, and the culture uh, we've got to we've got to protect that we've got to we've got to keep it going and we've got to make sure that it keeps delivering um, as it has done in the past. 
Joe, I, I'm conscious that, that I've been chatting to you for 45 minutes and people are, are sat patiently watching and been texting some questions in. Um, so let me just um, go through one or two of these. And I, I should also say a big thank you today to Sutcliffe and Project 4 for, for sponsoring today's event. We've got some questions from those guys in a second. Uh, but this one's from Peter Lawrence. Uh, good afternoon, Peter, from AI Change Management. Uh, the question, obviously, we'll accept all the help we can as a region from central government, but what can we do for ourselves that builds upon our tradition of getting things done even when times are difficult? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, from your point of view, uh, Peter, but also from yours, Frank, and, and, and with business as well, is to uh, continue to talk to one another, to look at whether there are opportunities where uh, you can support one another. Uh, what I want to ensure that we do in terms of, and I mentioned before about bringing in Metro Dynamics uh, and Mike Emery to look at how we come out the blocks and, and, and that we're looking at the opportunities to grow. I want to make sure that, you know, you've heard me talk, um, you know, for, for, well, for years around making sure that we get uh, local businesses and local supply chain involved uh, in growth. And, and that is going to be very much at the forefront uh, of my uh, plans about how we allow, uh, not allow, but welcome and encourage the opportunity for local businesses, you know, whether it's you know, local architects, whether it's local supply, uh, whether it's local construction companies or, or whatever, to engage in these schemes that we're talking about. That is uh, social value uh, at, at its heart, which also means that we get a better bang for our buck. So in other words, the Liverpool pound becomes really strong. So. It's my intention to push and drive on with that. And I think that's what, what Liverpool does and that's what we did with our building schools for the future. Uh, and when we built 16 schools, we got local supply, local companies, apprenticeships, all of that involved in that. So I'll be leading on that and championing and pushing for that. But I would just urge you know, companies that are either, you know, here now uh, with downtown to look at opportunities to support one another. Uh, and to protect one another um, and, and you know um, I, I, I am always always waxing lyrical about the spirit of Liverpool mm. and whether that's individuals or whether it's businesses I think we do that really well um, and so more of the same please. Please thanks for your question Peter. Here's one from uh, Neil McAdam from Sedulo um, are there any changes you've had to make during lockdown that you'll be keeping as you've found them to be more efficient? So things like video calling, how you share information and engage with people and your daily routine. Interesting question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like everybody, you know, it's, it's been a huge shock uh, to the system. Um, and like everybody... Uh, within the city, uh, you know, I'm struggling uh, in terms of, you know, like my son, eldest son was diagnosed with cancer just before Christmas and uh, I can't give him a cuddle. I can't go with him. 
when he's going to Clasterbridge. Um, I can't look after the grandkids while he goes. And whatever. My sister's in hospital uh, with COVID-related issues. She's got um, underlying health problems. I can't be there. I can't go. My other brother's in, in a care home, uh, a palace of care, um, and I can't go and visit him. Um, all of those things, like seeing your grandkids, you know, I've had to get used to doing FaceTime with them and talking to them. Um, I, I've also now got, you know, um, used to doing Zoom <laughs> and, and, and different ways and different things. Sometimes it might take me a bit long to get, to get in, in, in there, but eventually I do. Um, so the, the, there are things that I've found really useful to do. Um, but I think, you know, the other thing for me as well is that um, arguably I've just been as busy as I've always been um, because sometimes I'll finish a call at a quarter to ten, ten o'clock at night uh, and sometimes that's a conference call um, and then, you know, I'll be uh, doing something at eight o'clock in the morning. But what I've done for myself personally is, is that I've made sure that I've took time out to do some exercise. Um, and so I'm walking about four miles a day, you know, in, I've got a, a, a treadmill downstairs, a pretty decent one, and I've got uh, a cross trainer, um, and then I'm doing some stuff out in the garden, I've got a course out in the garden, I'm lucky that we've got a garden uh, in, in the back, so, you know, I've power washed the back and done all the flags, and I've power washed the front and done all, all, all the fronts, um, so I'm trying to keep myself uh, healthy as well. Um, but yeah, I've learned technology, um, and how, uh, but I've also learned how fragile we all are, really, and how much mm. dependent we are on supporting one another as families. And, and I think, you know, I miss that uh, a, a great deal. I don't want to go all, you know, religious on people, but I, you know, I'm a, I've, I'm a believer in, in my faith, and, and, you know, I've always uh, had hope. Um, and so, I, I, that gets me through as well, and um, and so I've learned things about myself. I've learned things about how uh, strong uh, and resilient I am as a person. Because you know, um, I've been brought up in the Dingle in the South End, and um, I've been through some tough times, and we'll get through this. I promise. Um, quick question here from Sean Keys from Sutcliffe. Um, I think we've touched on this in the conversation, but perhaps a little bit more detail. Can we work at central government to raise the grants bar so that more SME businesses can qualify for grants? That goes back to an earlier point that was raised, Jeff. And, and, and all I can say, Sean, is that, Sean, we have been raising this, and, you know, Tony Reeves and myself have regular contact with, with, with the Whitehall officials and, and sometimes with um you know treasury officials but also uh with uh, ministers as well uh, on conference calls and, and and these things are getting raised these things are being uh, asked of government to do now you know i'd be uh, absolutely telling lies if i said to you that you know governments understand the struggles that businesses are facing and and, and understand them uh, how businesses need to operate and cope during this time. I'd be telling lies if I said they understood. It's difficult to get them to understand, but we'll keep trying and we'll keep pushing and we'll keep arguing that case at every opportunity 
I get for them to not only do things in the short term, but to look at the medium and the long term to support business. Because as I said, you know, it's madness, isn't it, to allow businesses to go under and then, you know, have to lose uh, the income from that, that that the city gets or, or central government get, and then to start paying those staff uh, benefits, housing benefits, loss of income tax, loss of, loss of national insurance, all of those things. So they, they surely have to recognise that this isn't just a finger in the dike, it has to be support uh, right the way through this crisis. And a follow-on from that point, I suppose, this is from Alan Robson from Project Floor. Um, what can we do to support you as a business community? And I think Alan was possibly referring to national government lobbying, but I think perhaps more pertinently, Joe, what we can do perhaps to persuade the combined authority about that conversation we had earlier, of the city being a hub. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, look, I, I mean, I do what I do behind the scenes and, and, and clearly, um, you know, it, it has an impact um, and, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not underestimating my influence. I'll keep using that influence and making that case and arguing that case. But equally, don't underestimate yours either. You know, collectively um, and individually, uh, you have an opportunity to shape and persuade and argue for things yourself. And if you uh, see, uh, uh, as clearly you do, that things aren't what they should you know, be doing or happening um, with the CA in, re in relation to uh, the funding and stuff, whatever, well then do something about it. Speak out, speak up, write to the, the, the local press, write to the CA uh, about that. That's exactly what, what, what you should do. Let's not forget one thing here is that the combined authority is there to serve you, not the other way around. The combined authority is there to serve you. This is government funding being passported through to the combined authority, devolved so that they can make a difference. And if they're not making that difference, you should make sure that your voice is heard in pointing that out. That's what it's there for. That's what it exists for. Not to do my job, but to do its own job Thanks, Joe. Thanks for the question, Alan. Uh, and here's the, the, the final question that I'll put to you from our, uh, our audience today. This is from Carolyn Hughes, who I know you know well, Carolyn Hughes PR. Uh, the most important question of the day, she says, who is Joe's favourite chaser? <laughs> who would I like to... Who would, who would, I like Bradley Walsh. Um, the, 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 the chasers are probably... Um, Sure, the the the, the barrister. Um, I, I'd go head to head with him. I'd have, I'd have a go with that. Um, I thought you were going to say brandy as a chaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust you, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I I, uh, I I enjoy I enjoy that usually because I'm watching the start of the the uh, this press uh, thing, the Downing Street press call, and then when I get a little bit. Uh, bored of it, which is usually takes somewhere around thirty seconds to two minutes. <laughs> I, 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 I turn over, you know. Um, but um, but I, I, there's a, a little story about that though, because uh, in in the house that we're in now, my uh, mother-in-law used to live with us, and she lived in the basement 
So we used to lock her in the basement downstairs. But around about five o'clock, six o'clock, you know, that period of time, she'd go asleep, usually either watching the snooker, but she'd, she'd pause the chase. And of course, if I'd watched it upstairs, when she went down and she'd put it on, I'd sit there and I'd get all the questions right. And she <laughs> didn't know. And she used to say to, to Marg, the wife, that clever, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that mischievous. Uh, I was not clever. Listen, Joe, it's it's always great to speak to you, and I know how busy you are at the moment, more than ever. Um, just a final message for people who are watching this, uh, particularly, obviously, Liverpoolians. Well, I, I know it's tough for, for, for businesses, Frank, as well, but remember it's tough for people out in the city as well. And, you know, I've just launched the Just Given page there. We're trying to uh, get money to support the food banks. We've already put in around about a million. We're losing a million pounds a week, as I mentioned before. Uh, you know, no car parking income, no leisure income, and we're still keeping staff on and, and stuff like that. So times are tough if you can do anything to help us there. But let me just say to you, you know, uh, I, I think, as I said, I touched before on the spirits of Liverpool. I touched on, you know, the fact that um, when we get knocked down, we come up uh, fighting always, and um, always have done. And I think you know we usually uh, come up not only uh, in in a way that only scousers can, but usually come up a lot stronger as well. And, and I, I I predict that's exactly uh, where we'll be. So you know, if there's anything that you think we can help you with, you know, and that's even individual cases, then let Frank know. And then we'll see what we can do. Not promising that we'll be able to solve it, but at least ask and we'll guide you or signpost you onto where, to where we'll uh, get help. But we're all in it together, and I promise you we'll all come through it together. So keep your chin up, keep smiling, and I'll look forward to having a conversation uh, with you in another few weeks, as always. I enjoy it, and whether it's actually in another Zoom or whether it's um, in another room somewhere else, uh, we'll do it. And I look forward to it. Joe, great to speak with you as always. Keep safe, mate. Catch up soon. Take care.